One of the topics on this week's show was a CNN article asking, is your sports team killing you? And let me just tell you, after Sunday's embarrassing loss against the Dallas Cowboys, I can say with certainty that this Jaguars team is trying to kill me, and they're trying to kill you, and they're trying to kill the rest of this Jaguars fan base. So another therapeutic vent session is very much needed. Hi, my name is Blythe, and I'm the owner of Brumley Brands, which helps companies with custom website solutions designed to reach their business goals. I'm also the publisher of guysgirl.com and a co-host here in Jacksonville on a sports show called Helmets and Heels. So getting back to the Jaguars, tonight we attempt to dissect what's wrong with this team that had such lofty off-season expectations, our moods during the game the things we should avoid during the game so the team doesn't kill us, plus dive into a few topics like which retired player we would love to see again, the awkward but funny Kawhi Leonard laugh, and if D.D. Westbrook should be celebrating one touchdown, a touchdown, and a huge blowout loss. Let's get back to the show. All right, let's get things started with the topic that... I don't really want to talk about at this point because the Jaguars sucked the life out of me on Sunday as I was at a wonderful watch party at Whiskey Jack's out in South Jack's Beach. But, you know, everybody's faces were very long and there were a lot of stunned faces. And you know why? That's because we all thought this team was a Super Bowl contender. We all thought this team was going to go, or at least I had the Jaguars predicted to go 13-3. and There were a lot of 12-4s, and 11-5 and at the worst. And you know what? Right now, it sure doesn't look like that. The Jaguars went on the road to face a Cowboys team whose coach was potentially on the hot seat, a team that was not even doing well in offense, and they put up 40 points, 4-0, 40 points on the Jaguars on Sunday. So I'm going to ask a very simple question. Blythe, I'll start with you. Can the Jaguars figure this out? Do they have the capability and the resources and the players to do so? Or are you starting to think of this season as lost? If you were to ask me on Sunday, I would say this season is lost. And even parts of Monday, I would say that this season is lost. But it, the, the, I'm forcing myself to try to think of a glass-half-full scenario, but this Texans game this Sunday could not be bigger. And it, it, it feels like such a strange thing to say after the season that you had last year, all of this positive momentum that was built up over the course of last season, over the course of the off season, And here we are questioning whether the, the, we're questioning everything we were questioning before the start of last season. And it's just, it's one of the more frustrating losses that we've had in a while, but this still is very much a winnable division. Uh, we still have two games left against the, the Texans, still two games left against the Colts. We have one more game left against the Titans. So this is something that I think at best case scenario is that you hope you make it into the playoffs and some magic can happen. Donna? I mean, there's two things I learned. One is the hopes and expectations need to come back down to earth, back down to where they were the beginning of last year. Like, you go into the game going, well... You know, if it turns out to be a victory, awesome. Because this is this going up and down weekly is too much. And then two bad weeks in a row, just that's it. I'm just going to go. My thoughts are, well, let's just temper them down and see what they turn out to be. Um, and then two is, seriously, I don't know how many times we can say that O-line is just horrendous. I, I just, every week so far this year, with the exception of, New England week, which I don't know. Maybe they did all off season just concentrate on week Feels two. Feels like it. That's all they did because all the passion and all the talent showed up that week. I I don't know what else to say, you know. But it's, no, I've thought before that the Miles Jack wasn't down rallying cry might have been the worst possible thing with the Patriots so early in this season. Maybe if the game had been later, there would have been a different feeling. But it does seem like. That was kind of the peak of the season, and, and yes, the Jaguars played well against the Jets, but the right. Jets played like trash. And the Patriots didn't play well either that game, but it was the Patriots. It was Belichick. Right. It was Brady. So you thought that it was a great moment for this team, and in reality, it almost looks like the Patriots were kind of chuckling to themselves like, yeah, you guys can beat us right now. No worries. <laughs> we're going to improve, and you guys are going to fall apart. Lauren, what do you think? What do you think about this whole season? Well, it's, it's very interesting, again, coming from the outside in and knowing the expectations when I got here were as high as they could possibly be and the hype and the excitement and trying to figure out if that was 
legit or if that was just a really excited fan base and a media base that that knew what they had as far as defense goes and thought Blake, the, the worst of Blake is behind them and Fournette and these offensive weapons and it's going to be okay and they're going to just bank on the defense being outstanding and they haven't been outstanding. And the problem is they don't have an offense that can bail them out of bad games. This defense went into the season with this with this reputation of being the best one in the league. Statistically, they have not let, let up. Now, look, total defense-wise, the number's there. But they're not getting the sacks. They're not getting the big plays. And people are are scoring on them. And they're scoring a lot of points on them. And the problem is, this offense is not built or it's not built around a quarterback or a system that is able to put up big-time points. And you counter that and pair that with all the injuries – and not being able to go to a run game, and then falling behind early, and then forced to go through the air and make big plagues, which is not a strength of this offense, makes you, I would assume as a fan, extremely terrified of what's to come. When you are when you give up 40 points against an offense in Dallas that is mediocre, who had been struggling, who you essentially were looking at yourself in the mirror outside of Ezekiel Elliott. You had two inefficient quarterbacks. You had two offensive lines and a bunch of wide receivers that outside of Cole Beasley, Cole freaking Beasley being the star of this thing, were like, ah, okay, there weren't any big name guys outside of Zeke. So we kind of thought, you contain Zeke. This thing is a hard-fought defensive battle, and it comes down to maybe the kicking game, which advantaged Jacksonville. And then they go up and put up points early, and the offense walks out there with two or three three-and-outs in a row, that result in punts and then turnovers. And before you know it, it's halftime and it felt like the ball game was over. So for me, it was the harsh reality of on a team where week to week, certain parts of certain position groups will have a good week. The offense will play well and the defense maybe will struggle and vice versa. This defense doesn't have the luxury of playing bad because the offense is never going to bail them out. And that is terrifying because the way the NFL is structured right now it's about putting up points, and this team has not been able to do it since essentially the Jets and, and the Patriots. And that's and my Patriots. biggest fear, too, is that it, with we sort of captured you know magic in a bottle last season, and I feel like the NFL has changed so quickly that it's all – High-powered offenses with with, with a, you know these big arms and and you know you got to score forty points a game and I feel like this Jaguars team might already be left in left behind. It as is far weird, as concerned. and it's and it it's as quickly as it happened as you mentioned because you have a, a class of rookies that have come in and and Baker Mayfield's been up and down, but what what Jared Goff has been able to do. Uh, out in L.A. Patrick and Mahomes. and Mahomes and, and all Brady these, still Rogers. Yeah, I mean that, you. I mean Brady goes on the other day and says, you know, this is turning into an offensive scoring league, and I don't know how I feel about it. But it's no thing. He'll go and figure out how to put up thirty-five or forty points. The reality is, that's not the case here in Jacksonville. And it's, if your defense, who's supposed to be your bread and butter, can't hold a team like Dallas to forty points, where does that leave things? It's well, very predictable on offense and defense. Injuries are, are going to happen. You know, we watched last night's Monday they Night are. Football no, game. Every, and, Jimmy yes. Garoppolo isn't even there for the 49ers, yet the 49ers yes. go toe-to-toe last night with the Packers, Looks who like have the one best of the best one in quarterbacks. Five yes. Yeah, in, in the country. So as much as I understand these injuries are awful for this team, and they didn't have to go through this last year, I get all that. But you look at the Falcons, they've lost a ton of pieces, and – Good teams still find a way, and, and this Jaguars team right now feels like the opposite of a good team. They feel like a team that's not able to move the football, and they also defensively cannot get off the field. The Chiefs had 26 first downs against the Jags. Now, the Jags, because of garbage time, had 29 first downs. Right. So you look at that and you go, oh, well, that's not that big of a discrepancy. But, but it's skewed because Sunday, of the situation. Yeah. the Jaguars had 10 first downs, yeah. 10, and the Cowboys had 23. You're never going to win a football game when you turn the ball over more than they do. And when they have more first downs and you do by that large of a margin, it it is beyond, I think, frustrating for a fan base that had such high expectations. Let's turn our attention to Blake Bortles. Personally, I think Blake Bortles had one of his worst games of all time against the Chiefs, but did not play that terribly on Sunday. He didn't play great, but I don't think you can say Blake Bortles is the reason the Jaguars lost by 33 to the Cowboys. That was really quick math in my Good head. Good job. Really right there. <laughs> uh, I, he was barely on the field even in the second quarter, under three minutes in the second quarter. And that's a lot of when the Cowboys did their damage. 
Blake isn't playing well, like I said. But I don't think you can say Blake Bortles is the reason that the Jaguars lost. He's still one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I, I, I heard a stat earlier today that as far as the predictability, the, obviously the, the, the predictability of this team is is incredibly high, both offensively and defensively. But Jacksonville decided to go 71% run versus the number 5 run defense. And even Yeldon was having a little bit of success early on. But with Blake Bortles as your quarterback, you are not able to come from behind and score on other teams and win. And, yeah, and, they and, get far behind. And that's the thing. If the defense – so what we saw against Tennessee is it wasn't – they obviously weren't going up against a high-flying offense in, in the combination of Blaine Gabbard and Marcus Mariota. However, the defense kept it as close as you can possibly – outside of pitching a shutout, if you will. And the offense is just sluggish and not – I mean, he – Anemic. Completely anemic. And that's got to be – look, I, I'm not pretending to be in that locker room and pretending to know how these guys are feeling, but if I'm that defense, I am freaking pissed off because, yeah, they, they did not do their part on Sunday against Dallas, but the offense has not done anything to help them out mm-hmm. at all. When we talked with Nathaniel Hackett a few weeks ago, one of the questions I posed to him was, you know, how much time are you in – with this offense studying game film? Like, what what goes on for a week? And I remember he was only like, well, two hours this day, three hours that day. I'm like, your quarterback needs to be doing nothing but studying game film because I don't know what is happening. I don't know if you want to blame just the offensive line with with him having to be rushed because he freaks out. It just – he gets the happy feet and the no brain, and that's what happens. I'm going to run around, and I don't know what I'm going to do with this ball. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what I see, and it just frustrates the hell it's, out of me. But nobody's getting open your, either. Yeah, that's, that's, how do we know? Yeah, because he doesn't know what to, to do. No, and but you can call it could be prevented or, or could be affected by his lack of ability and judgment calls and, and not being able to hit those guys deep. And, and just chicken or the egg. I, I get it. I get, Lauren, that your idea that it's not all Blake's fault. And but it's, it's mostly his fault. It's, <laughs> and I don't even it's, think it's mostly his I fault. See, I, if D.D. Put, Westbrook got a ball, hit him off the top of his head, and not I be just, able to catch it. Right. I just, I like, mean. Catch the football. It's right there for you. Keelan Cole fumbles the football out of bounds. It's right there for you. Like, I'm not saying Blake's playing well, but he's not being given the help that other guys but are being But that's the problem is that he the... needs so much help. He needs the defense to create a ton of turnovers for him. He needs everybody to catch every ball. He needs Leonard Fournette. He needs a, a, a strong run game. He needs all of these things in order for his confidence. He definitely cannot do in order to, by himself. To, to be in order. Jalen Ramsey said in the offseason that he doesn't even play against the number one. He doesn't play against the ones. That's right. And that they stood don't out want, to me. They don't want them to hurt. That doesn't, they don't want, they don't want him to affect his confidence. confidence and that to yeah. me is a glaring mistake. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want your starting quarterback to play against your number one defense in order to make him better when he threw into triple Triple coverage coverage. I came right back to practice training camp I'm like why was he throwing into triple coverage are they trying to practice hey let's see what the defense can do if you throw to them in triple coverage or was that just by design he decided to throw sure that was obviously by far his worst mistake all right, let's take it to some not-so-pleasant stuff. Again. Back to Blind, the bad back stuff. Back to the Jaguars. All right, yeah, we, we've had a little bit of an event session earlier in the show, and we're going to continue that trend because uh, we definitely need it. Um, so I would say uh, the last season, 2017 season, was, was very unexpected for this Jaguars team. Mm-hmm. They built up a lot of momentum in the offseason, made some, some what we thought were some good pickups in, in Dante Moncrief and, and ASJ. So obviously those haven't exactly panned out so far this season. So with the lack of offensive production, uh, the high expectations heading into the season, if the Jaguars do not win on Sunday, how should fans react? I think... This is one of the biggest games of the season, not just because of the last two weeks' performance, but it's back at home, and you've got a team that at the beginning of the season wasn't playing well. You almost could write off the Texans, and then they were able to resurrect it. Now they are right where the Jaguars are at 3-3. Three and three. It's a big game because they have an excellent defensive line, too, and your Jaguars offensive line right now is, is A, not playing well. They're also a lot of – there are a lot of injuries going up and down it. So that left tackle position is a problem. They signed Eric Flowers from the Giants. We'll see who's inactive on Sunday. We'll see if he's going to be active this Sunday. I would presume he would be. But I don't know that the Jaguars are going to be able to get into that rhythm offensively. So if they lose to the Texans, 
I think at that point, most diehard fans will go, this is over. The, the season is over. It, it may not be, but that's where I think people's mentality will be. Yeah, I have no idea. I can't speak for the fan base. You can obviously do that. Um, but I would assume that there would be sheer panic and, and probably rightfully so. Anytime, I mean, Calais Campbell said it himself, good teams don't lose two in a row. Well, what does that mean if you drop three? And I, I think it's less about losing games because everybody is going to lose games. No one is going to have a perfect season. And when people predicted what they thought the regular season outcome would be, anybody who was being honest with themselves, didn't say 16-0. and 0. But it's the way they are losing these games that is the most alarming. The fact that the offense can't get anything going. And a lot of that, that falls on Blake, despite the fact that there are so many injuries. The reality is he is the quarterback of this team, and he's the one who gets to make the decisions. He's the one who has the football in his hand the most. He can, at times, um, lose it for his team, and he's yet to show us that he can bring this team from behind to win it. He's shown us a couple of times he can lead them, not come from behind, but lead them in a way, but he hasn't done it consistently enough. So, Blythe, I would assume that that if, if you drop three straight, you lose to another divisional opponent, I would assume that the fan base would be up in arms and would be calling for some kind of dramatic change because something dramatic would need to happen. Yes. I'm, Is I, that a fair it, assessment? Yeah, I, I mean, in my irrational fanhood, which I honestly didn't know still kind of existed, I, I, I thought, you know, for, from a person who was such a, a diehard fan that sort of stumbled into radio and then sort of saw my fanhood sort of, sort of wane a little bit and, and, and come down from the fanatic part of it to see it come back last season and then to go through this all over again this season, like I definitely feel like I, I, after Sunday's game against the Cowboys, it was a fire everyone kind of day for me. I know that's not realistic. In, but that's, in, the, that's the true fan side coming out, wanting, I mean, yeah. wanting better for your team because you're invested and you get these expectations and they've left you down. Yeah, it, it, and it's it's one of those things where I don't know that I'm uh, – I, 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 I am clinging on to the 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 Blake Bortles bandwagon. I'm, I'm clinging on with one hand, and if this game doesn't go well, uh, I'm completely off the Blake train. It, it completely off of it. What about you, Donna? <laughs> um, I've I've only like ridden in a sidecar ever <laughs> for that one. I've never been on that train. Um, but if they lose to Houston, they're lucky that their next home game, because I don't count the London game, is a primetime game against Pittsburgh. Because that will be – fans will show up. Yeah. What, regardless of what team, fans will show up for that one. If that it game was, terrifies me now. Yes. I'll see, if it the Jaguars it, lose to no. the divisional games terrify me more than the Steelers game. I still oh, think, see, I if think we the lose, Steelers are going to be out for blood. No, I, it, come for, come for blood year. and we'll come for oh. your head because that's how I feel about the Steelers. I still feel like we could drop every single game before that Steelers game and we'll still come in and beat the bricks off of them. Yeah, if this was Indy, you know, uh I would be like this is that's going to suck because I don't know what fan wants to come in and watch the Colts. Um, but I would be excited to hear what Captain Andrew Luck has to say <laughs> about a squirrel oil that's needed. Um, but I just you can't you can't lose to Houston. You you can't lose three in a row, and you can't lose to Houston. But don't you think they're better than the Jaguars right now? If you look, Deshaun Watson Houston? versus Blake Bortles. A lot of teams are better than the Jags right now. Yeah. Not the Giants. They have much better even, wide receivers. Even Deshaun, even with the collapsed lungs, yeah. is better than Blake Bortles right now. So that's why I guess I look at it and I go, okay, I have to take off the teal glasses that I was looking through against the Cowboys because I thought this Jaguars defense was going to rise from the ashes after that loss to the Chiefs. They said they came out flat. There's no way they're going to come out like that this past Sunday. And I thought for sure they would somehow, some way, take over, dominate, and therefore the offense would be given every chance to be able to, to figure it back out. If the defense isn't going to play at the level last year, how are the Jaguars going to beat the Texans? Well, I, I think as far as like the level of last year, it, it's it's a sort of bit misconstrued because the first game against the Texans, we did have those ten sacks, and right. and they are still pressuring. I think they're something like tenth in the league, and and as far as quarterback pressures are but concerned, the they're takeaways just, aren't there. they're not getting the turnovers, and they need to create those turnovers in order for the offense to have a shot 
And I think when they when the defense sees the the the, the team go down, you know, ten to nothing in the first quarter or the second quarter, they know that there's zero hope for Blake to bring them back. And you could see them being deflated. It also doesn't help either that that this defense is also very predictable. And you're you're playing in different schemes that is whether it's zone defense or cover three, you're playing in these different schemes that the NFL is catching on more quickly. So the 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 I guess the high stakes performance that they had last season, teams are really quick to figure out where the weaknesses are on that scheme and we're not adjusting fast enough, if at all. And that's what's the most frustrating part is that this defense still should be able to create those turnovers. They're not doing it and they're not being put in that position to do so. I just the the question for me every single week is how the hell are they going to score? Legitimately. How are they going to find their way in the end zone if they are not at least – I mean, unless it's coming off a defensive turnover where it puts them in field position, but still their red zone efficiency sucks. And unless they go out and send Lambeau out there to kick it, I don't really know how they're going to score every week. Well, oh, and, and that's where – And that's, the, that's where I just find myself going, I don't know. I have no idea how this turns out, and I don't know how you outscore your opponent when you cannot seem to find the end zone Back-to-back weeks. Yeah, and it's where Hackett and, and Blake and the wide receivers and the offensive line and the running backs have to, and the tight ends, what's left of them, uh, kind of have to all get together and and figure out a plan that works for everybody, whether that's taking some plays out of the playbook, which has happened in the past, or that's becoming more creative. It, I don't necessarily blame by the, the defensive coordinator and the scheme per se, and not that I know enough about it to blame that, but as I watch football games for this team right now, I'm watching guys that look completely out of position, and they point to themselves. Like we saw Deshaun Gibson yeah. do one time. We saw Barry Church do it one time. We've seen we've seen Telvin Smith do it one time. They point to themselves like, "Hey, I, that's my bad." What? Where? There was no. It was my bad last year, except a few games that honestly didn't really count towards the end of the season. How is it that there are eight Pro Bowlers on this team returning from a season ago, and other guys that we thought like Miles Jack, who wasn't a Pro Bowler? that we thought might get there this season. How do you have all that talent and the same core group of guys and you're miscommunicating and you're in the wrong spots and you're not as fast as a season ago? That, to me, just doesn't make sense. So I don't know whose fault it is, but I will say the defense certainly can't look to the offense and say it's your fault when they're allowing the teams to drive down the entire length of the field multiple times. And, yes, they're not getting the defensive points, but that's that's not on them. Right now it's both sides of the football going – well, we came, we saw, and the other team conquered. Let's let's figure it out next week, hopefully. It, they're saying in the locker room, you know, yeah, we came out flat. Or they're saying, we still believe in ourselves. I, I just want to see that translate this Sunday for sure. Is my sports team killing me? It was an article that was posted on CNN I saw this weekend. And when I sent it to Lauren, she goes, I hate how relevant this is. <laughs> Um, but yes, and including, that, yeah. especially right now, as I sit here and watch the ALCS game three with the Sox now leading three to two after a Steve Pierce home run. So thank you. Cause I was just extremely mad at Devers for <laughs> causing an error from tying it up. So yes, up and down goes the feelings and emotions of being a very passionate fan. And so in this article, which <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, they included uh, a Dr. Gillespie, who's a current ER doctor. However, she used to be a doctor at Fenway. So she would see many things from uh, heart attacks to chest pains uh, to injuries, especially um, probably during Yankee Sox (laughs) games, I'm sure. Especially that last game against the Red Sox. Right. ALDS. So they did a study and they talked about how it can really affect the thrill of of the victory and the agony of defeat, how it can really affect you cardiovascularly uh, and um, how it spikes and how the ER will see a tremendous uptake after a game with injuries and chest pains. And so within it, they shared recommendations of how to stay calm and how to... Not send yourself to the ER, which included avoid binge drinking, make sure you drink plenty of water, which us here in Jacksonville, that was a definite good recommendation for the past few home games. Um, Over two so far. Don't forget to take your medicine if you need it, if you have heart problems. Uh, Be careful not to overeat. One for four, I guess. (laughs) And watch your step. 
because unfortunately we've heard many, you know, uh, deaths occur when you're walking, you know, uh, with the escalator and falling off, and and yeah, you've heard not here. Well, you said you've heard many deaths occur that way. I'm like, dang, I've I have. never and heard every that. Every year, I, every year I hear of a death with that's a bad falling. way to go at a man. ballpark. Yeah, somebody falling yeah. over there. Your team yep. breaks your heart, and then you fall to your death. Yeah, <laughs> you fall off the escalator. You're not because because you you a uh, didn't avoid binge drinking. You know that's it's, see that is both the cause and the cure. Right, in my opinion. <laughs> so what? So that posed the question. Okay, do you have any other recommendations? How do you stay calm? What is the best advice? Don't watch uh, the game. I know, right? Don't watch the game. <laughs> Avoid contact with people for about forty-eight hours, and then you, you feel better. I was watch when I was watching the Dallas game on Sunday, and my boyfriend's sort of a new football fan, and so he invited a couple friends over, and were they they're Dallas all fans? Being no, they're okay. they're all Jaguar fans, and they were uh, they were. I was the one that was silently cursing and not talking to anyone and just furious. And uh, it was – it took a lot in me to not just leave the house. Like, I'm, we're not winning here, so I'm just going to leave and go somewhere else. Like, it, it took a lot for me to continue to stay there. And I maybe said five words to, to everyone. Would having a distraction help? No, uh, no because I want to watch the game. Like, right. there were still, like, 11 minutes left in the game, and I think we're still getting blown out. And I'm like, no, there's there's still a little hope. Still going to keep the game on. It's just that right. I'm a masochist, so I guess uh, I guess that's what what I do. <laughs> Lauren, I mean, I think you have to at some point realize you have to put sports in perspective. It's hard when you're in the moment and a team that you feel like you know so intimately well, and you have these expectations. Then when it all collapses in front of you, especially if you're in public, like I was, it you know you get. To a, wherever you're going to watch the game, and like for me, I'm no longer hungry. I don't want anything to drink. Actually, not water or alcohol. I'm I physically feel ill because there's nothing I can do to control the outcome. But every emotion that I have that's riding with this team, and and I know on Monday what it's going to be like coming to work, and I know Tuesday <laughs> morning and Tuesday night what it's going to be like, and and it's just it's it's sometimes is helpful for me to remember at some point. It, it, it happens usually once the game is actually over to remember it is just sports. And no matter how much I crave this team being successful, I still have no control. So I have to remember that it's, it is just a football game. And, and right now that's easier because this isn't the postseason. Right. And it was a lot more difficult when it was – the Steelers, the Bills game, the Steelers game, the Patriots game last year, like what you're watching and going through right now, that is to me obviously way more difficult. A regular season game you right. you can handle, except right now we're going through, I think, a crisis. It's it's a team that I would have put money, if I was a gambling person, I would have put money down that this team would make the Super Bowl. And now, thanks to the injuries, thanks to everything that's going on, it feels like this team won't make the, the postseason whatsoever. And that is a jarring reality so I think that is a, a, a sign that my sports team, particularly the Jaguars right now is what we're talking about, is, is crushing, not my soul, that's way too strong, <laughs> but it is crushing. It's ruining your Sunday. It is. And yeah, Monday it is, it is and crushing, part of Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, part of me. Uh, and it's sad too because, well, it's, it's, it's ironic because my Saturday football team was not expected to be very good. And they're exceeding right. expectations. So Saturdays, I'm I'm flying high, and then Sundays come crashing down. So I do think that if I consulted one of these doctors, they would be like, yeah, you've got some <laughs> blood pressure changes between Saturdays and Sundays. Rue, I saw that you tweeted, uh, I think, Jameson, right? Uh, yes. That, that was only because my husband said that when he takes a shot of that before every Jags game, the Jags win. So that was his beverage of choice. So did he not take a shot? No, he did. <laughs> he did, and it didn't work out. And normally he takes one every time they score. Oh. And so it was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah it didn't work out very you well. You got to play the Yogati song, <laughs> yeah. the, the juice, the yeah. Jag juice. We so, had a Jameson, you know, it was a Jameson was, Jaguars watch party at Whiskey yeah. Jacks, and uh-huh. um, the Jameson rep comes over to the table, and he's like, all right, guys, 
Normally, I wait to pour shots until the Jaguars score, but right but now it's like just not happening. So yeah, and so he, started. He you put, need to take a seat right yeah. next to me. He put the shots down, and he's like, "Okay, uh, let's just hope you know this is gonna uh-huh. let, this is gonna change it." And he's like, "No, no, let's wait until they score." And then at halftime, I was like, "These shots mm-hmm. are mocking me. <laughs> like we're going to have to do. So I don't care if you take them back. If we take them, I don't care." But I, they can't sit there because I'm not sure this team's going to score. Sorry, right. continue. No, no, that's that's exactly right. My one piece of advice to to be able to calm down your fandom for your own team is to move to another market where you don't have time to cheer for your own team and you have to cover another one. <laughs> you know, I, I well, I did. Is hear- that what you did? That's what. That's exactly. <laughs> that's why I made the move. That's exactly it to save my life. I did hear from. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and it was a, a Bears fan and he was talking about the the heartbreaking loss against the Dolphins mm-hmm. that they suffered over the weekend and they've sort of had this unexpected season where they're winning a lot of games and so he said that he was like after the game he's like I went and I took my dog for a walk he's like I wanted to calm myself and then he said that it's it sort of I guess a like glass half full that he over the past several years that he lost like it was almost like apathetic his feelings towards the team. Mm-hmm. And so he missed having that heartbreak feeling. And so that was a little bit of, uh, I, I guess, you know, I, I care again. Yeah, right? I was about yeah. to say, because uh, Blythe and Lauren, y'all are Jags fans, and you're talking about how difficult it is to take a loss. It's like only when your team is expected to win. Like, right, right. Uh, the last few years, I know y'all weren't taking the losses like you take them now. Oh, no. Well, you know, 2016 – we thought the Jaguars were going to be better, right? That was the mm-hmm. year it was going to, going to turn around. And that was the year that the Jaguars became very close to beating the Packers. It ended up being like 27-23. Oh, that was the first, game, the season, that was the first game. And everybody, it was kind of a moral victory. And we all thought, okay, well, yeah, they didn't win, but they played the Packers close. That means things are going to get better. And then the Jaguars went out to then San Diego to play the Chargers and lost like 35-14. to 14. And it was like, and this is the same team. Mm-hmm. And then... Still, that was, was the year that was the Raiders game yeah. and the the Titans destroyed then, them on Thursday night football like five days later. Yeah, and that was that Hated was that embarrassing uh, as a Jaguars fan, and that's when we thought Gus Bradley wasn't going to survive. He ended up surviving, but obviously, yeah, didn't make it too long. But yeah, it's funny, JJ. You say that like the year before the team wasn't very good. Yet there's always the off season optimism with free agent signings and with the draft, and so you do get right back in the philosophy that this team is going to be good. And here I go take. Take all of my marbles. I'm going to give them all to you, and then you're just going to take <laughs> them back. Super or bust. Yeah, you're just going to throw them away, one, roll them away, run them to time. Because I've learned it's a lot easier to take L's when your team sucks. Like, <laughs> yes, or yes, or they're just true. not very relevant. Like right. Miami, when we low. played Florida State like two weeks ago, that's obviously our Super Bowl. So like, mm-hmm. I was sweating. I was so hyped for that. But, you know, we just lost to Virginia, and honestly, I didn't care at all. I mean, I cared. I watched it, but it didn't. Uh, like affect my physical body like the Florida State game Oh, that would have affected my physical body. <laughs> really? For sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've just learned over the years that Miami's not a relevant Yeah, I'd like to put a heart rate anymore, monitor so on people when yeah. they watch games and just see what happens. I think that would be fun. Well, it's in a, a sort of similar vein, it was about a year ago that all my girlfriends were out. We were all in Vegas, and we saw the Thunder from Non Under show, and she had an Apple Watch on. And during the show, the Apple Watch reminded her to breathe. So I would love to have that setting on during a Jaguars game. She lost her breath based on the performance. It said, remember to breathe. Oh, that's funny. Magic Mike, man. That's what That's a different show. I know, but it's kind of silly. Still thing. Same um, concept. Yeah, same concept. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to retirement. And uh, <laughs> the story that brought up retirement was I saw the what I thought was real headline, and it, it scared me because I'm such a Michael Buble fan that said he was going to retire. Um, but that's been made false now. Which... I saw it on Drudge Report and immediately thought of you. Sadly. <laughs> See? That's sad, but yeah. I'm happy that no, you No, know. I was it was sad that it was happening. I felt bad for you. I'm like, oh her boo. Well thank you. It is my boo. And uh but Mike Dempsey had him on his fantasy show and and confirmed that is uh since false. Because a lot of things that come out of the Daily Mail apparently are why false. was Mike Bu- Michael Buble on a fantasy, uh, fantasy He's show? He's such a fantasy football oh, fanatic. That's cool. Yes. And um, so that brought me to the question of what is the one player for any sport that you would want to see come out of retirement? David Garrard. Really? <laughs> is that is that a for real? <laughs> Only if he can play quarterback. <laughs> 
All right. I enjoy that one. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go with kind of an easy one, but that's only because I'd like my kids to know who he was in his prime, Michael Jordan. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't want like retired Michael Jordan to come out because that would no, be No, I'm talking but, about... But bring yeah. him back in his prime. So right. when I, you know, my kids right now, it's it's LeBron, it's Steph, it's KD. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know. Michael Jordan was... And they're like, what? Who? And I'm like, oh my God, I failed you. So that's what I'd like to bring back. <laughs> I thought of him actually too because I would like to see Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. I would like them in the exact same uh, game at some point or championship series. Um so you stole mine, actually. Oh, sorry. Well, you can share. Well, uh, I'll share good. it with you. Um, Donna, I'll let you go, and then I'll try and think of another one. I, too, actually went the NBA route, and I went with Larry Bird. Because <laughs> I will sit here, and I'll watch when the NBA um, NBA TV has their old games or has, you know, Bird versus Magic. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and watch them all day because it's so exciting as how fun they played um, with you know, with the passing game, with everything. It was just so, so much fun back then to watch it. Um, so I would love to see Bird. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, the other ones I thought of were baseball pitchers because mm-hmm. you hear so much about guys that played before you grew up. Right. And, you know, everybody talks about legends. Like even Cy Young, right, the the awards named after him. I have no idea what Cy Young did. Right. But other than he was obviously very good. Or a guy even like, like, not, I was going to say Kershaw. It's not Kershaw. The other guy. Uh, Koufax. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sandy Koufax. I never got to watch him pitch. So even Babe Ruth, somebody somebody that could do things that can't be done now, or at least now we see guys that are trying to imitate their style, I think that would be awesome. I'd love to see Fat Babe nowadays. That would be <laughs> sick. I mean, we had Mo Vaughn. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't very great. <laughs> Oh, Mo Vaughn was fantastic. He was all right, but he wasn't Babe Ruth. No, he wasn't I, Babe Ruth. I would love to see Brett Favre. In today's NFL offensive rules, I'm sure Brett Favre would love to see Brett Favre again. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't been announced. He wants to come out for the fourth time. Remember, <laughs> yeah, ESPN used to have like a roving reporter on yep. a plane, yes, like always waiting for you know where's he at, oh, what's he worst. doing. There is nothing worse than though that a guy who, who like does this whole retirement shtick and then is like, oh wait, yeah, never mind, I didn't mean Just it. It's kidding. like, okay, what is happening? Now? I think also football wise, a guy like Barry Sanders or even yep. locally Fred Taylor to come back. At, Bo Jackson, so Bo fun. Jackson would have been fun to watch too. In his, you know, for me personally, in his prime. I mean, There's I'd love to. Guys. I'd love to have Jerry Rice on on New England right now. That'd be fun. And Randy Moss, <laughs> please. Yes. Uh, listen, stop Both. taking all the glory. <laughs> we need the help. I, well then, let's like you said. Let's go with let's go with a quarterback, please. Can we have that one? Um, yeah. So I don't know that, but they're a lot of fun. Well, we'll stay with uh, we'll stay with Jags and Kawhi Leonard. And I, I haven't heard this awkward laugh, so I'm very excited. Oh, get ready! To, I'm about um, to ruin your day. I'm very. <laughs> if it's anything like Chris Sims, I'm very excited to hear. All right, enough doom and gloom up in this place. We like to have a little bit of fun, and we're going to do that right now. Now I say that. And you've been warned. This may be upsetting to you or your children around. So uh, listen with caution. Kawhi Leonard is awkward. Kawhi Leonard doesn't smile very often. Uh, But in his introductory press conference up in Toronto, I think it was NBA Media Day or whatever, uh, he was asked in front of a pool of reporters kind of about his future there and and just regular questions. And one got him to giggle, and this is what came out. (laughs) See, now, for me, that is not nearly as bad as Chris Sims. The giggling? Yes. Okay, well. It sounds like he's crying. It does. It sounds painful. (laughs) Like, it makes, like, it, like, hurts my skin. I kind of go, oh, my God, stop. Make it stop. (laughs) So then the do you have the other one by chance um JJ if you can no biggie but the the NBA well somebody this is why the internet is amazing somebody today NBA opening day and you know the NBA theme song somebody right. had some extra time on their hands and um That's awesome. put something together that is is also very hilarious I don't even know where you're sitting at <laughs> <laughs> Big ups to NBC, by the way, who hasn't had the NBA in like 10 plus years, but that song is still glued in my mind. It is, absolutely. Okay, so that leads me down the path of sounds you cannot stand. 
I will lead. I will hit lead off tonight. <laughs> in, in addition to Kawhi Leonard's laugh, the sound of people eating their food with their mouth open is enough mm. to make me reach over and squeeze you by the throat so that you can't breathe. <laughs> that maybe sound. It is something that I think that's it's, called manslaughter. It might, or but you probably murder. had it coming if you are eating <laughs> to where I can hear the food in your mouth. That also includes slurping soup. Or if you breathe too loudly out of my mouth and I live one of those, live with one of those who I'm like, are you, can you please like close, breathe out of your nose? So mouth breathers, <laughs> mouth breathers, hate them. I think you might have some I have issues. a problem. I have a problem. <laughs> it happens, it happens a lot, I think. It does. Sounds like it is. I can hear, as my mom would say, a mouse peeing on cotton. My hearing, that, that means I can hear, like, everything. A mouse? I like a mouse peeing on cotton. Oh, okay. It's an expression from the but South, But I thought honey. you didn't hear well on the phone. <laughs> I don't either. from the South. That, I've never heard that one. Well, well Eastern Arkansas okay. is where she's from. Right? No, no, no. Like, over by Memphis, she will tell you, Lauren, your hearing is so sensitive, you can hear a mouse peeing on cotton. It's just, a, okay, doesn't matter. You can't actually hear a mouse peeing on cotton. Yeah, but, yes, I'm very sensitive to sounds. Somebody else weigh in on this um, one. I look like the only crazy a, person. A shovel on concrete. Ooh. Can't stand mm-hmm. it. Shovel yep. on concrete. And then also if I'm riding in a car and someone's using their windshield wipers and there's not enough <gasps> yep. water there and it's yes. making that I go crazy. <laughs> yes. I cannot stand. This is not just sound, but also the the reality of the situation. I can't stand when someone leaves their blinker on and mm. either and they're, they're not, not turning, turning or they go past. Like if you're in the car – and they're not turning, and that blinker's on. Yeah, I think I drive people crazy because I'm like, your blinker's on. You need to turn your blinker off. And it may have only been like a half a second since they needed to turn it off, but I immediately, I don't care who I'm in the car with, if I barely know them, I'll say, which I probably don't ride with a lot of people I barely know, but you know, you get the point. I can't stand that like, nope, it shouldn't be on. Plus, it's the principle of it too. Right. Like you're communicating to people something that you shouldn't be communicating, well, so it's it, all wrapped into one. We are in Florida, so it's very commonplace yeah. here. Also, if you ever go to the nail salon and the they don't file. use, yeah, they don't use like a normal nail file. They use those like chunky blocks yeah. to mm-hmm. like, I can't stand that noise. Mm. And I just want them to finish as soon as possible. I have two. Uh, the smacking of gum, I don't like. I don't like looking at it. I don't like hearing it. I think you look obnoxious when you chew gum. I wish everyone could see your faces I, as you I, go I through can't. these because you're channeling that <laughs> yeah. the anger and like, the hate. I just, I, it's so obnoxious and I can't stand that. And <laughs> now this is more medically. I can't listen to this. Um, I can't listen to Little Wayne. What? Literally, he will. Your doctor told you that? No, my brain will start to. I can feel it all of a sudden. I as as I'm about to have a seizure. So you couldn't hear it. Can't listen to Carter Five. Nope, can't listen to Little Wayne. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Anybody else? I don't know. Um, Before I started at ten ten, so it was (laughs) seriously. That's really like I have to. I can't really. Yeah, like it will. It will start. I will start to shake. Something about it. Go back to Kawhi. Go back to Kawhi. Before I started at ten ten, I was at a different. I was at a different radio station, and it was music. And so I would bump back in, and that would be one of the songs. And I would. I'm like, I I can't listen to it. I don't know what I'm saying if I'm talking over a song right now. But blah 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 blah. Huh. I don't know what I would have That's to, the most uh, only only. If I it's look Little normal Wayne. now. Only Little Wayne. <laughs> what if you don't know it's a song? There's something about whatever he was playing. I don't know. Huh. But yeah, Interesting. Can't. All right. The I'm voice. assuming it's newer Little Wayne, like more on heavy narcotics Little Wayne. How many Wayne? No. This was chain. over 10 years ago. Okay. Wow. So, that's very well, yeah, that's insane. I, I don't Little know, Wayne but I'm not, bad I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to put my brain into that situation. So. Well, I have one sports related. Yes. Chris Berman. Just oh. anything he's involved with. Yeah, I don't do it. Yeah. I don't think you're alone in that one. No, not at all. Well, um, we we did no nothing was very loud on Sunday as far as cheering wise for the Jaguars because of obvious reasons. However, D.D. Westbrook found it appropriate for him to celebrate when he scored a touchdown, being down twenty four to nothing. 
live, the, the look on your face right now, I'm going to let you take I was this serious. one. I was so mad. Because? Because it, you're down by like 30 points and you're celebrating. Like it, It's almost like celebrating a C on a report card full of Fs. Like get your behind, back to the sideline, and figure out everything else you need to be working on right now. I hated it. Hated it. See, I, I disagree. He's the only damn one that scored. So, mm-hmm. bravo, you should celebrate. No. I don't. I don't like when defensive players celebrate. This is more for the secondary. The yeah. ball was clearly not going to be caught, and you celebrate yes, like you bad. did something. That is no, complete. No, don't be waiting. celebrating yeah. nothing. You had nothing to do with that ball sailing over his head. Don't you know, celebrate the that. celebration didn't bother me. I mean, the Jaguars brought it to within 18 points at that point, right? Like, they were technically in the game. <laughs> I, and I get three scores. I have to put myself sometimes outside of my brain and, and put myself in their shoes. And every touchdown they score means something for them personally. Not just does it mean more, you know, followers on social media, but usually it means more money. And it certainly mm. means points in fantasy and it, and it means acclaim. And it, those are all good things for them. So I have to remind myself that. That, yes, it wasn't necessarily a game where the offense was performing well at all, but it was a bright Games. spot. And maybe, right, but maybe that was the celebration was hopefully going to bring a spark to them. So I didn't have an issue too much. No, with that. it's still, it's like going out to eat and throwing a big party for getting a C on your report card and you got an F in every other grade, every other category. <laughs> it's not, it's not acceptable. What bothered me way more was the camera showed a couple of guys on defense laughing after mm-hmm. the Cowboys made it like 30 to 7. And that real, or at that point, thirty-one to seven. It re, that one really bothered me because it was like, what on? I am What's physically so Maybe ill. They have right to laugh now. to keep from crying. Maybe, but <laughs> Which those I guys didn't play all that well, so they really did not have an opportunity. I thought to laugh. I just, if you were to take me into that situation and my team is down by that much to a team that's not very good, yeah, laughing no would never happen. No smile. I get it. They may be talking about other stuff but for me personally i had more of an issue with that than dd's i noticed the camera that showed bortles at one point on the sidelines laughing i'm like what are you laughing did you see a video of your own throw he's laughing because he just got 20 million dollars for nothing for being the 30th best quarterback in the league play Kawhi again jj <laughs> the remix. The remix. remix. I'm the remix. You must not hate it as much as you said because you do, keep I, saying because I love hate it because it's like I hate it but I love to hate it. You know what I mean? I love the video <laughs> along with it. It's also bad. He's just, it's just so. It's awkward. so bad. And everybody knows Kawhi's never laughed in his life. That's so exactly it, right. It's like the first time he's ever actually heard it himself. Oh, it's like a <laughs> baby deer or something. I don't even know. Uh, all right, I need predictions, ladies, about what's going to happen on Sunday when we reconvene next Tuesday, which will be the Tuesday Eve before the trip to London. What is the record of this team? Do they find a way to not turn this back-to-back loss into a three-game skid, or is it more of the same? I personally cannot figure this out. I'm, I... I each week go into this thinking something different or expect some different result, whether it's good or bad. You've only picked one Jaguars game right, right? That's exactly right. The win against the Jets was the only one I got correct. And um, I'm killing it is basically what she's saying. (laughs) So it's it's confusing for me. Right now I would tell you for the sake of this conversation that I, I can't, I'm so I'm I'm done picking these guys to win until they can show me something different than what they've done in the past couple of weeks. It's not a personal thing. It's just how in good faith do I tell you you're going to beat a team? Period. That's how. Period. That was our mentality two years ago. Which not picking them until coming they into something. this the, the it was the opposite. I mean, yeah. this was like the Super Bowl the tickets layup. were ready to go and. And people were booking the hotels in Atlanta, and here we come, and all the things. And I kind of tried to pump the brakes, and I got a lot of crap for it. And then I was like, okay, um, I'm along for this ride. And then it was like, screeching halt, what the hell has happened? So, Lauren Brooks, who wins on Sunday? I think it's a great question because, you know, the Jaguars are reeling right now. And while the Texans aren't a great football team, they at least are able to figured out enough to get wins over the last couple weeks. And I think the Jaguars defensive line is a strength, but I also think the Texans defensive line is a strength. So when you look at then quarterback to quarterback, we'd have a very hard time predicting what's going to be the play of Blake Bortles. Deshaun Watson certainly hasn't been as good as he was last season and teams are starting to figure him out. But this Jaguars defense 
has not played well against mobile quarterbacks. Well, Deshaun Watson is one of those. So as much as it pains me, I feel as of today on Tuesday, I may change my mind by Sunday morning, but I feel like the Texans are going to win the football game. Times like this, I go to betting sites because my personal fandom judgment cannot be trusted. And oddsharks.com tells me that the Jaguars are going to win 25 to 18 in their simulation. So that's what I'm going to go with. So you're taking the Jags? Is that what you just I said? Am, I'm okay. taking the Jags. Donna? I wouldn't be surprised with either outcome. <laughs> I just, I, I don't. The only thing that obviously right now the Texans have going for them is they have a three game winning streak. So they're at least coming in here positive. They did beat Dallas, which is uh, obviously something that Jacksonville did not do last week. Um, but Watson just, isn't healthy. That's my thing. Yeah, well, what Bortles is going to show up? And will this defense show up? Like, what, who's going to show up this week? It's just I, I don't like a, a, a wishy-washy team. I don't. I don't like that we don't know what this team's identity is, who they are, who they think they are. Um, so I, I obviously want Jacksonville to win. I could see them winning. I can also see them poo-pooing like they did the past two weeks. But the odds of them losing three in a row, not high, because they haven't done that with Marone as a head coach. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Okay, I didn't After know, all that. know where we were going with this. After all that, I, I did the I don't know, yeah. and I ended up in one place. So well, we'll see. Well, we'll split down the middle for the sake of of choosing this game uh, for this week, and then we'll hopefully it'll be a victory Tuesday when we reconvene on uh, next week. JJ, would you care to weigh in? You got to pick quickly. I like the Jags to win, actually. I got an argument with the hack about this last night. I, I just think the Texans are terrible. The NFL is kind of a crazy place, so I don't see them losing three straight. And just for that reason, I'll take the Jags. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that best of show. And if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to the Guys Girl Media podcast and YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our fantastic football season content, along with some bonus material all throughout the season. Up on the channel right now, you'll find some pretty great interviews with women working in sports media that you might dig. And when I say might, I mean absolutely, because these girls are out here killing it. And this is about the time of the podcast that I usually give my go jag spiel and say beat whatever team that we're playing this week. But it's the superstitious part of me says I got to switch it up. So here's a few more seconds of the Kawhi Leonard laugh remixed with the original NBC slash NBA theme song. Until next week, this is your girl Blythe signing off. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha